Oh, man, I just lost a chunk of my nest egg in the market whipsaw. Oh, sorry to hear that. Looks like I'll be wearing a yellow apron well into my 70s. Welcome to Wall... Hey, don't get down. Get educated. Listen to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. What did you learn? How not to go backwards with the market, my friend, and have the opportunity to move forward with market growth. That's exactly what I need. So learn about your financial power with the Total Financial Hour Sundays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on AM870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour, featuring Arif Halaby, president of Total Financial Solutions, designing higher income strategies with a conservative approach. Protecting your principal and your earnings while getting you reasonable gains and reliable income, making you confident of your retirement income planning. Arif Halaby has your answer. Welcome to the show, the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Halby, your host. On AM870, The Answer, it's your place for news talk information. It's a place for the, you know, I, I think to go to on a weekend, down, relax, learn a little bit, right? That's our goal is to help you to stay retired once you do retire, to help sure you don't make financial uh, mistakes. Uh, we're going to touch on a couple of things before we bring on our guest. Uh, stand by because our guest is, uh, look, you are in for a treat. Uh, all right, I'll tell you. Eric Early, Republican candidate for Attorney General for the state of California. An amazing uh, opportunity, folks, we have here in the state of California to actually make a difference. Imagine for a minute, uh, why are people leaving the state? Right? When I started in this business 22 years ago, one out of 10 of my clients would retire outside of the state of California. Today, one out of three, sometimes in the last few weeks, one out of two are considering, seriously considering, or have already made plans to leave the state of California. Now, why? Why do you think people leave? They're like, oh, I just can't take good weather anymore. It's driving me crazy. Or do you think it has to do with some of the crazy laws coming out of Sacramento? Maybe something to do with the issues, uh, oh, I don't know, taxing us because they tax us to tax us on the money they taxed us on. Why? So I need you to pay attention because if you've given up, and some of you have, and I understand, I can't judge that. That's up to you. But if you want to fight, if you want a chance to bring California back from the brink, I don't know if we can save the state, if you will, from a progressive uh, blow up, and we have to come in and pick up the pieces. But I do know that we have to try. This is a place where you, your family, however many generations back, came to California for an opportunity, for a chance, not for a guarantee. And if we don't have the right law and order, then people leave. A lot of folks are willing to put up with a little bit. Right? We're willing to put up with a little bit of oh, a little bit of pushback when it comes to taxes. Okay, all right, I understand. But when you start threatening my family's safety, when you start threatening by releasing people because the governor uh, and his uh, cronies... Right? It's a single-party state. You guys know that, right? There's one party that runs top to bottom. Soup to nuts. Pretty much every. There's one or two. But it is run by one political party. So how do we make sure that we keep ourselves from going backwards? Well, joining me today is Eric Early, candidate, as I mentioned, for Attorney General for the state of California, Republican candidate. Now, we're going to get into some things here with Mr. Early, but I want to learn. I want you to learn a little bit more about him because this might be the first time as our audience a chance for you to say, "Oh well, let me let me hear what he has." So, welcome to the show, Eric. How are you? Thank you. Good morning, Eric. Thanks for having me. Well, it's exciting to have you here as as part of the uh, uh, Total Financial Hour. And and people might say, "Well, gosh, what does that mean? Why would you have a candidate for Attorney General?" Well, I mentioned, folks. If you are not in the state, you can't pay taxes in the state. If you don't pay taxes in the state, then we have to collapse the pension system. We have to make some significant changes to the roads, to the bridges. Teachers, educators, you think your pension is going to stay the same because 22 years ago somebody signed a contract? Uh, No. One plus one is two. You know that. If we run out of money, they have to change your pension. And if people leave, we have to make some adjustments. So, Eric, why are you running for attorney general for the state of California? Well, you know, Arf, I've been a, uh, I've been a uh, business uh, litigation attorney for 25 years. I started my own law firm uh, 
eight years ago. I started uh, when I first got out of law school. I uh, started a, uh, I, w I started working at a very uh, of, uh, one of the best law firms in the state in Century City, California, doing business litigation, fighting in courts all around the nation. Uh, eight years ago, myself and four of my colleagues left, and we started our own law firm called Early Sullivan. Uh, we're up to 24 lawyers now. I'm the managing partner. I run the business. We make payroll every two weeks. We practice in all the courts of uh, California, Nevada, Arizona, Utah. We're moving into Florida. And uh, I've been sort of behind the scenes in Republican politics for a number of years. I'm a member of uh, something called the New Majority. Uh, and uh, I was waiting for the right person to step up for this job because I couldn't stand what was going on in Sacramento. Uh, it's sort of like this toxic ideology from the past, the last presidential administration has come to California and has taken over our state. Uh, the attorney general right now is a career politician. I, I, I consider him, I call him a Nancy Pelosi clone. He is the equivalent of having Nancy Pelosi in our attorney general's office. And one thing after another that he's done, I just couldn't stand. That combined with the fact that we've had one-party control in Sacramento for many years now. And uh, one-party control is never good. And it's to the point now where the rules, the regulations, the statutes that have been coming out of Sacramento just show the arrogance of these folks up there. They believe they can do anything they want. They have been doing it. It's the natural progression of what happens with one parties in power for forever. Just ask the North Koreans what they think about one party. Rule. That's exactly when you think of the edicts and that's really what they are, yep. folks. It's almost like a dictator comes out and says things uh, and it's it that shall be done. When President Obama did that two weeks after he came into office, I had a business up in northwestern uh, or northeastern uh, Utah and he came up and he made some changes. Ken Salazar, his interior secretary, said, we will no longer do this. I said, but, but you can't do that. He said, sue me. Yeah. So, of course, they did. Two and a half years later, the Supreme Court, nearly unanimously, meaning a lot of uh, Democrat appointees and, and liberal judges, said, you can't do that, President Obama. He goes, oh, you're right. You got me. Well, meanwhile, it devastated the local economy. So when they make decisions, they know that they aren't following the law. They know that they are making some rule changes. And it's almost like they rely on the courts. Well, you know, I'm not a politician. This is the first time I stepped up for this. Uh, one, one of the many things we've learned from President Trump is you don't have to be a politician to, uh, to get involved uh, in this uh, process, uh, to become a candidate and to get elected. Uh, you know, there's nothing in the U.S. Constitution that says that uh, in order to be a politician, you have to be a professional That's politician. Right. In fact, the U.S. Constitution and, and the way our founders uh, uh, created this great country of ours, this is a land of the people, by the people, for the people. People like us, we come out of the private sector. We take our experience and our knowledge and we bring it to the people and we work for the people. The people are our bosses. All right. I've always worked for clients. They have been my bosses. I want to work for the people of the state of California like I work for my clients. I want to listen to the people of the state of California. This professional political class, they don't listen to the people. They don't listen to the people. They believe they're untouchable. Uh, they, when, they, when a fellow like Mr. Becerra spends tens of millions of dollars of our taxpayer money on just crazy things, it's like he doesn't care. He hires uh, uh, Eric Holder, right? Oh. They hire the, the Democrat machine decides to hire Eric Holder for millions of dollars, yep. former U.S. Attorney General, who by himself, by the admission of many career uh, DOJ officials, was corrupt. You know, one of the first things I do if and when I'm lucky enough to get elected, and we have a great chance to get elected, is Mr. Holder gets fired. That's right. Uh, he was terrible as the attorney generalist of the uh, of the country. And the, the fact that we, our taxpayers, are paying this guy a fortune to be working for us is really a travesty. To sue the same federal government that he served a few minutes earlier. Well, that's what Mr. Becerra is doing. You know, he's obsessed with a couple things. He's obsessed with suing the Trump administration. How many lawsuits? Uh, I believe we're up to 22 now. 
<laughs> and each of those lawsuits costs a fortune. And he didn't only hire Holder. Even though we have over a thousand lawyers on our state payroll here in California working for the AG's office in California, he's spending millions of dollars to high-priced Washington D.C. lawyers to sue the Trump administration. What do you think that's for? Maybe his next job. Imagine that. Well, that's what this man is about. He's all about. He's all about really three things. If you boil it down and just look at his actions, it's all about the next political job, because. People like me don't even consider him a real lawyer. Oh, yeah, he's got a law degree. He graduated law school many years ago. He came out. He did two years practicing legal aid. He went into politics. He never looked back. So he's all about trying to get his next job in politics. He's all about suing the Trump administration. He's completely obsessed with Donald Trump. And he's all about uh, helping illegal, undocumented immigrants to our country. He cares far more for illegal immigrants to our state, and particularly undocumented felons, then he cares about our taxpayers. This has to change. So you want to know why I'm running? These are the reasons why I'm running, Arf. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about Proposition 47. That's one of my least favorite. Uh, I mean, certainly there's tons that, that are out there. Reducing penalties for some crime initiatives. Now, I was a Los Angeles policeman when the three strikes law came out. And in the 90s when that was happening, I can tell you, when we would catch a bad guy and we would arrest him and he knew that this was his second strike, you can ask law enforcement across California, would say, after I get out, I have to leave the state. And bad guys would go. Law enforcement officials in Arizona, you know, Phoenix, big cities in Las Vegas and and Reno, they were not happy. They were not happy when we passed the three strikes law because criminals left. And if they did get caught, it was a 20, 25 year sentence. Now, you might say, of a $4 pizza. Really? Really, folks? There's a lot more leniency in the system. And not only that, but Proposition 47 is, not some, is, is something you're against. Tell me why. Well, let's talk. I'm against several of these uh, assembly bills and propositions that the uh, one party up in Sacramento have forced upon the people of California. Proposition 47 was sold to us by our last attorney general, Mr. Becerra's friend, Kamala Harris, Uh, And this was the name of it. This was what it was on the ballot, the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act. So, you know, uh, the good and decent people of California go to the polls. They see this uh, proposition. They say uh, it'll keep our neighborhoods and schools safe. So, of course, we want to vote for safe neighborhoods and schools. Who doesn't want that? What they didn't tell us, and this is standard, this is the standard MO of these folks, is what it did. It raised the ability for somebody to go in, for example, to a store, steal up to $950 worth of stuff, do a crime to somebody's house up to $950, and and get a slap on the wrist. And so these folks, and I've spoken to these business owners, I've spoken to law enforcement all over the state, uh, these business owners won't even prosecute these folks if they go and steal $900 worth of stuff. It's a waste of everybody's time. Exactly. And so what has the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act done? Just like the Republican Party said over and over again when we were trying to defeat that proposition back in the day, it's increased crime dramatically and it's, it's cost us a fortune. So, you know, Really, anytime you look at a a Democrat-sponsored bill that has the word safe in it, yeah. <laughs> you can be sure that it's going to make all of us far less safe. Really, another reason I'm running is because Mr. Becerra and the other Democratic opponent for this job is Dave Jones. By their actions, these folks are creating a criminal's paradise in California. And they these folks, these criminals, do not take us seriously anymore. They, 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 they go on stories about them going into stores with calculators and making, making sure they don't steal anything over $950. Back in the day when it was $450 was the crime, uh, was the felony difference between misdemeanor yeah. and felony, we would find people at, uh, we would arrest folks that, that would be stopped for shoplifting. And they would have it down. They did math better than most uh, business majors. <laughs> and they would sit there and say, oh, uh, officer, I know I'm going to be out in the next uh, hour because I only stole $375 worth of items. Yeah. Let, let me say uh, to your listeners, because uh, they may not be aware of this, but one thing the attorney general is responsible for is drafting the ballot and title summary on these uh, propositions that they read when they go to the polls. 
And first, Ms. Harris, now Mr. Becerra, they write these completely disingenuous, misleading uh, descriptions. That's right. And if anybody should not be misleading to our public, to our citizens, it should be the Attorney General of the State of California. i give you another perfect example. There's, you know, there's a move afoot to repeal this crazy gas tax they've, uh, that the uh, one-party uh, Democrats have uh, now dropped on us, which I'm told could raise each gallon of our gas, when all is said and done, at the pumps, up to 25 cents per gallon. So Mr. Becerra's office is responsible for drafting the ballot and title summary for the repeal effort. So what did he call it? He says, he, he drafts a summary that says, if you vote for this repeal, there will not be enough money to fix our streets and infrastructure. He did not use the word tax in there once. So once again, and he was taken a task by a state court judge who threw out his description and said, this is completely misleading. You don't even use the word tax in there. Now, unfortunately, uh, our court of appeal in the state uh, upheld the description. So our, our voters have to be very aware of this gas tax repeal. They're making us think we're going in there. And yes, we have to repeal this because we want our streets to be fixed. Not knowing that if we vote the way they've described this, we'll be saying, yes, please put 25 cents on each gallon of gas we buy. These, this is their MO. This one party up there this started in Washington, D.C. in the last presidential administration. It's continued here with the Becerras of the world. They treat our voters, they treat all of us as if we're somehow we're morons and we don't deserve to know the truth. You know, Another I had, reason I'm running, this man has to be voted out of office. Listen, I had a conversation with Dennis Prager the other day, and he said uh, he believes that truly the state of California has sent all its, its greatest chance for this progressive utopia where it virtually acts like a dictatorship, right, where, where we know what's better for you. We're going to not allow you to have, like uh, our, our famous New York mayor, we can't allow you to have 32-ounce sodas. So what do people do? They buy two 16s. Who do you think that hurts? Do you think that hurts the millionaire? Or do you think it hurts the kid or the young person who can't afford? All the way through to the the straws and the plastic bags. Listen, guys, I get it. We don't want ducks dying of these little, uh, okay. But when is symbolism over substance going to enter your mind? How about make a difference instead of look like you're making a difference? Yeah, you know. In addition to be very, being very tough on law and order and public safety, and I want to work hand-in-hand with our law enforcement community if I'm lucky enough to get elected. Uh, uh, and i got to tell you, I'm meeting with chiefs and sheriffs and rank and file all around the state, and these are some of the most, uh, most incredible people that you will ever talk to. Dedicated, hardworking, they're there to protect us. They, they, they put their lives on the line constantly. Amazing people. In addition to that, I'm very against the tax regime in this state. It's out of control, and this is the Democrats' only way to deal with anything is to raise our taxes. And I'm very against the overregulation of our job creators. Uh, they, we somehow have come to a point in this state where if you're a job creator, you are looked at as some sort of evil, you're the enemy. terrible person. How did our job creators become enemies? And this is what's leading to major businesses either not coming to this state or leaving our state. It's why Tesla went to Nevada. It's why Toyota's planning on leaving. It's why all kinds of other major businesses will not come to this state. These are the folks that create our jobs, our good, decent, solid, secure-paying jobs for our populace. You have Toyota, Frito-Lay, PepsiCo all move to Plano, Texas, and, and and the surrounding areas. You have Nestle recently announced its move to Virginia. The governor of, Nestle, uh, of Virginia said, Nestle, we will give you a building and we will give you 10 years no tax and we will give you an opportunity to never uh, and, and we'll help pay for your move. Yeah. So Nestle said, listen, every time I turn around, California is raising its taxes. Folks, you understand that California, the, their only way of dealing with uh, their mismanagement financially of your pension plan of the ability to, to hire police officers and fill potholes. Their only is not to manage and double-check their own budget. It's to punish you for wanting to stay in the state. Listen, I've shared with you guys, I'm angry that they are forcing good people to have to make a decision to either retire or leave the state. 
Now, if you're blessed enough to have enough money to, to say, well, you know, it's certainly going to be a problem. All right, I don't like it. Okay. But you understand that if you're the last one holding the bag, you're going to be the one that pays the most taxes because there's fewer people. Now, Eric, one of the things that, that drives me crazy is this Proposition 57. Well, that's the, that's the uh, next one in the uh, long line of uh, creating the criminal's paradise that these uh, folks up there have been doing. Uh, Mr. Becerra, of course, uh, supports this. This proposition was tit- titled the Public Safety and Rehabilitation Act. Ah, well, who doesn't want to have yeah. safety and rehab people? Exactly. So it was put on the ballot. It was supported by millions of dollars of uh, these uh, Democrats who were out there raising money. Uh, Republicans did their best to fight it. Uh, and, the, and these folks uh, who foisted this upon the voters said, again, this would lead to safety and would save us millions of dollars. The end result, crime is on the rise. That's it's right. costing us, and in particular law enforcement, a fortune. What's happening is they're letting violent felons out now on the streets. Uh, long before their time expires. Uh, it's really an outrage. I can tell you law enforcement is up in arms about it. They were barely consulted when this uh, when this act came out. Uh, and just last week or two weeks ago, there was a state court judge uh, in the Sacramento area who uh, was had a lawsuit in front of him about this Proposition 57. And he, he read the proposition and he, he ruled that the proposition allows for the earlier early parole of sexual offenders, sex predators. There's approximately 20,000 of those folks incarcerated in our state. People are estimating that approximately 10,000 now will be able to get out on early parole because of this Proposition 57. It's outrageous. The chickens are coming home to to roost. The Republican Party tried to warn the folks. The media wouldn't let the word out. The Democrats raised tens of millions of dollars to put this thing on the ballot. The attorney general then misrepresented what it was to the voters. The voters thought they were voting for public safety. And here we go again. One of the biggest mistakes you don't understand, folks, is uh, if you have a child, right, if you're a parent, you understand. If you have a niece or a nephew, you understand. If you catch them doing something wrong, right, it's probably not the first time they've done something wrong. I'm I'm talking little things. Now go out to the big deal. If a bad guy gets arrested, you understand Al Capone was charged with tax evasion. Today we know the amount of murders, extortion, prostitution that he was involved with, and the one thing he got caught with was tax evasion. Now everybody knew that everybody knew. But when we arrest somebody and, and they have one or two uh, convictions on the sex offender. Do you think yesterday they decided to start becoming a sex offender, start hurting children or women or, or young boys? Or, or maybe, just maybe, this person has a pattern of behavior and it was their first time being caught. Yeah. You know, a lot of this goes back to the sort of belief of these folks on the left uh, in in redemption and that somehow these evildoers can be redeemed. But they don't understand that some people are just inherently evil. And by treating evil nice, which is what the Obama administration did for eight years, all you do is you give these evil people a way to manipulate you, take advantage of you, and come back twice as hard as they they did before. That's right. We need to treat evil for what it is. We need to face it for what it is. And when these people get caught and convicted, and incarcerated, they have to be in prison to do their entire sentence. This this letting out uh, but long before their time is through is really outrageous. And perhaps these uh, folks up in Sacramento who uh, who sup- these uh, the release of uh, these violent felons would change their tune if the violent felons were coming back to their neighborhoods when they were let out, because they're coming back to the neighborhoods of many, many, many of our fellow citizens. They have to be kept in prison. We have to stop this. Just you in Riverside County, folks. Riverside County District Attorney said the I would implement this procedure that uh, Mr. Early is talking about and 1,000, 1,000 cases just for you in Riverside County. And you guys understand there's trains, there's automobiles. Where do you think they will go? Do you think they're going to stay over there? I, I used to laugh when I would see people say, oh, the, the crime is over in that part of town. Well, that's the ghetto, folks. That's the, that's the poor area. Do you understand that over there, wherever that might be, they don't have money. They don't have nice cars. 
to, for these bad guys to rob. So what do they do? They drive across town to your neighborhood. Yeah. Well, that's no different with sex predators. These guys aren't going to stay, you know, in the dark, dingy areas. We have to do something to keep, to keep forward. We need to help our law enforcement. As I said before, our law enforcement in this state are the bravest, the best, the brightest. They're fighting for us. We need to help them. We need to help them when they find somebody, when they get somebody, when they're able to capture somebody, when that person's convicted. We need to keep these people in prison, not let them out so that law enforcement then has to be thrown into the line of fire again with these maniacs. I mean, this there was another one called AB 109, which we haven't even talked about. That led to the early release of of some complete maniac who then uh, murdered a Whittier police officer a year or so ago. That person never should have been on the streets but for these crazy bills. There needs to be accountability where politicians are held personally liable. If they're on the front line, if they're the ones pushing this bill, and somebody gets out and kills a Kate Steinle, or somebody gets out and takes out uh, our Whittier police officers, uh, this, there's something that needs Folks, the reason that you're leaving, the reason the rest of you that are left behind are going to pay more in taxes is not because the weather is nicer here. It's because there's one party rule up in Sacramento. We come back, we're going to ask Attorney General candidate Eric Early about illegal immigration, what he plans to do, what the changes might be. I didn't give the number out, but let me give it to you now. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. You have a question, might be able to take your call right here on the air. I'm Eric Hallaby. The total financial hour is going to continue. Special edition, as I've mentioned before, this is our two-hour day, special edition with Attorney General Candidate Eric Early on your place for news, talk, and information. I'm Eric Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. All right, we're back. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Eric Hallaby, your place for news, talk, and information. Total Financial Solutions, that's our company. Uh, 22 years in the financial business, and I am seeing an alarming trend. I've talked to you about this for, uh, well, on, on different stations, different shows, for over 14 years now on radio, about 25, 2,700 radio shows. And our, our concern now, as we're seeing kind of an acceleration in trend, is people leaving the state. Now, I'm okay. That's up to you. Nobody should make you stay. But when I say that people are leaving the state, what can you not take with you? You cannot take your property, right? You could take your business, you could take your income, your pension, your retirement income, your required minimum distributions, your, your retirement accounts. You can take that, but you cannot take your real estate. So you sell it or you keep it. And I think that's going to be the only way that that's going to be the last hurrah. If you state of California start doing split roll taxes, if you see the state of California when I say that, I mean the Democrats. It's just because that's what it is, right? If you see them starting to say, we're going to have to have a special assessment, a fee, a user charge on your real estate, you know someone's get the lights because it's just about over. So in my opinion, we need to fix this before it gets too bad. Worse. Can't recover. I don't know. You got to figure it out. Thankfully, we have someone who's willing to stand up for some of this craziness. Eric Early, Attorney General candidate uh, for the state of California. Listen, we're hoping that you do a couple of things. One, you ask tough questions, right? These are our folks that are supposed to be elected officials. You want to find out why Mr. Bercera has two or three or four rings of people around him uh, for protection, right? You understand he's the one that's allowed the guns, his people. You don't deserve it. Diane Feinstein has a concealed carry permit. She deserves it. Her life is a bit more important than you and your children. You know, try to go to a federal or state building. They have security. They have checkpoints. Don't worry about your pretty little head because your school is a safe space. You know, it's safe. Give everybody a hug and it'll be fine. Well, one of my concerns and what I've seen is an acceleration and probably you have as well is the pressure, the impact in our communities on illegal immigration. So, Eric, one of the things that we're seeing is the attorney general has a chance to... The attorney general is the chief law enforcement officer of the state. So as the attorney general, we have laws that have been put in place through proposition, through referendum, through uh, the state assembly, state senate. Tell me what your position is and how can we fight and push back the financial pressures especially, but all of the financial uh, and lifestyle pressures from illegal immigration. 
Thanks, Arif. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the attorney general is the chief legal officer of the state. It's all the law enforcement matters. It's also all of what we call civil litigation matters, where people, uh, where they're fraudsters, for example, trying to take people's homes, which is, it's crazy out there right now, uh, and all kinds of uh, lawsuits that as well. Uh, I, uh, one of the reasons I'm running is this sanctuary madness and this sanctuary state madness has to stop. Uh, when you look at sanctuary city, try and find a definition for what's a sanctuary city. Good luck. But we do know what they're being used for. They're being used by Mr. Becerra and the others in his party to protect undocumented felons. If you're an undocumented felon in California, you have no better friend in government than Javier Becerra. And you would have no friend with his uh, his counterpart in this race, Dave Jones. I will do everything I can to stop this sanctuary city madness when I get up there. One of the reasons I'm running is is because we need a common sense Republican voice in Sacramento. We need we need somebody who can start speaking up constantly to these people. It's a very powerful position, Attorney General's position. And we can comment and talk about and get the word out every time they try and do something. If heaven forbid this fellow Gavin Newsom wins, for example, unbelievable. we better have a Republican Attorney General out, up there to keep him in check because he is completely off the deep end. So I'm very much against sanctuary cities. With my position on undocumented felons, they should do their time in our prisons here. And then the day that that cell door opens, they get thrown out of the state. And and the only reason I think they should do their time in our prisons here before they're thrown out, this is something I learned from a major supporter of mine, a former uh, L.A. County district attorney, great man, great guy. And he said, Eric, they got to do their time in our prisons here before they're thrown out, because if you throw them out right away, they'll sneak across the border in three days and we'll never find them again. And then on the sanctuary state issue. Another reason I'm running, because last year I wake up and I find out that these, uh, these uh, extremists in Sacramento are deciding to call us a sanctuary state. Uh, you know, what is that doing? It's preventing our local law enforcement from working with ICE. It's completely tied local law enforcement's hands. I want our local law enforcement to work with ICE because then ICE can go into the prisons Take these felons that are undocumented, get them, and do what they have to do with them. Right now, ICE's hands are tied. And so now you read about uh, in the uh, left-wing media about how ICE is doing these raids on illegal immigrant communities. What the media is not telling you is what ICE is doing is they're going out there looking for these felons. That they're used not to be in the prison. Exactly. Yes. Or, or that used to be the people that they could then get and contact and take from the prisons yes. when they could work with our law enforcement and go in the prisons, but which they are now prevented from doing because of the Sanctuary State Act passed by the defendants. So ICE is not going out to the community, rounding out thousands of illegal uh, immigrants. They're going out to the communities and looking for these felons, which they would have been able to do in prisons before. The Sanctuary State Act also must be repealed and overturned for other reasons as well. The message it sends to the world is completely the wrong message California, our broke state, should be sending to the world. It's saying, listen, if you can somehow manage to sneak across our borders undocumented, we in California, who have really, we have no money in our state anymore, are going to pay for you from cradle to grave, your, your health care, your law enforcement, etc. We should not be sending that message. We should stop this influx of illegal immigration. We should secure our borders. In fact, one of the first things I do when I get elected, I go to uh, Mr. Becerra's, uh, one of his many lawsuits against the Trump administration, where he sued to stop the building of the wall. Yeah. And I dismiss that lawsuit because we, that, that lawsuit was filed in the name of the people of the state of California. And as a plaintiff in a lawsuit, just like you can file a lawsuit, you can dismiss it. That's right. We have seen time and again when you're talking about uh, the, uh, the felons that go back out into the community, their main predator source uh, of victims, yep. it's other illegal immigrants. That's right. And they know they're afraid and intimidated because they're not here legally. They know that they are uh, weak, if you will, because they're scared and they may not speak the language. And so, in fact, these criminals, these predators, yep. go back out and offend the law-abiding citizens it's amazing to me. One of the things that I, I want to make clear here, folks, and you can always go to, uh, you can give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. 
888-997-3847. It works all week long. Of course, it goes to the office uh, during uh, office hours. But um, we're getting questions here on Facebook for you, and I've got one that I want to bring up to you. What can we do to change the laws regarding, uh, uh, sorry, allowing repeat offenders to go back onto the street? Is there something the attorney general can do from his or her power to yes. make that happen? Yes. One of the things I want to do, the attorney general is here to uphold the law of the state of California. But the attorney general, as I said a few minutes ago, is a major vo- voice in California and primarily up in Sacramento. I, was, uh, I recently saw the present uh, Texas attorney general speak at a conference in Washington, D.C. And he's got something he calls his Legislative Advisory Council, which is a group of folks that work with him to then help shape the laws in our state, Okay, I to like work it. with the legislators in our state to help shape the laws. I want to f- create my own Legislative Advisory Council, folks who know how to work with the legislators and do what has to be done so that we get the kind of laws in there that, that we want in there. Well, we're seeing here with... Uh both Prop 47 and Prop 57, there is an effort to repeal it from the grassroots. Can the attorney general do some things to make sure that 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 happens? In other words, there's already a a move afoot between uh, moderate Democrats and conservatives to put together a plan that says, you know what, we were sold a bill of goods. Yeah. And I need somebody from a leadership standpoint to stand up and help make that happen. Is that something? That is the attorney general. The attorney general is a major leadership position, and I will be speaking often, early, and loud to get this these kind of bills, this Proposition uh, 47, repealed, amended, and ultimately thrown out. And, and another thing I want to do, I want to reserve my right to go and speak to the constituents, the people that have voted in some of these ultra-left uh, legislators, and go and sit down and talk to those communities and just inform them what's really going on and what the people they're voting for are really doing. Because people on all ends of the spectrum don't want these criminals out on the streets. They it, don't. It, no, it's amazing to me when you take uh, and go through a tick list, uh, ticking off a list of issues, how much the community themselves are more leaning towards conservative values, the, family the, values, staying in school, uh, school choice. I mean, mo- a lot of the these majority things. of our voters do not support the sanctuary state madness. Absolutely not. Do not support it. You know, I'm here uh, fighting for if you're a law abiding citizen of the state of California, I'm fighting for all races, creeds, colors, nationalities. All right. You are my bosses, and when I get in there, you will be my boss. We see time and again when the left loses an argument, they have to resort to name-calling. Yeah. Whether it's racist or whether it's bigots or you're homophobe or mm-hmm. zone, every phobe under the sun. It's LGBTQXYZ. Now there's 15 different. They, they have to become a victim in order yeah. to have power as opposed to trying to become stronger by themselves. When I say that, it goes through and and bleeds all the way through to making people want to leave the state of California, not because they don't like these or they don't like illegal immigration. I mean, certainly it's because when you sit back and you look at the last 20 or 25 years of your life and you say, I'm going to spend it in a place where I have to spend more money at the gas station. I can't take my grocery bags. I got to take grocery bags with me every time I go. And if my wife wants me to stop off at the grocery store on my way home, uh, I can't buy more than one or two things because I can't carry this stuff out unless I want to pay. I mean, these laws are are ridiculous. They're symbolism over substance. People want, uh, you know, most Californians, most Americans are good, honest, decent, hardworking people. They have common sense. They want the best for themselves, for their families, for their children, for their friends. That's who I'm. That's who I'm fighting for. That's why I'm in this race, for those people. We have seen a lot of the issues recently center around gun violence and, uh, and specifically the mental illness issue. Now, California's laws are one of the most strict in the, in the country, but certainly not as much as D.C. or Chicago. And they have more murders than anybody that we know of because good people aren't allowed to have guns the way that uh, the bad guys don't, don't follow laws. Mental illness yeah. in the state of California is a serious issue. It affects probably every single family in the state. Yeah. How is it that, that, and what is it that the Attorney General can do to help address that? Because, go, folks, go down to any city. Orange County, you pick the, pick the big city. 
L.A., go to the Vermont underpass, Arlington, mm-hmm. uh, the Vermont underpass of the 101 freeway. It, it looks like a Boy Scout camp. You but, see all these tents, you're thinking, great, where's the campfire? Yeah. Uh, well, there was, RF along those lines, a quote-unquote campfire in uh, part of L.A. that started a fire that burned down a huge community uh, a, a couple months ago. It started with a homeless encampment. That's right. Uh, listen, I'm pro-Second Amendment, and I also support concealed carry. Is there any doubt that these maniacs that are opening fire uh, in our uh, schools uh, or this, this total nut job that opened fire in Vegas a couple months ago, is there any doubt that they're not seriously mentally ill? Those folks are seriously mentally ill. As attorney general, I want to address what I call a, a headed scourge, mental illness, homelessness, and prescription drugs. Three things, by the way, which our present attorney general, Mr. Becerra, is almost completely ignoring while he uh, continues with his obsession with uh, illegal immigrants and Donald Trump. Uh, You know, on the mental illness issue, what I want to do is I want to put together an advisory council of people, of experts in the area, because we are, as you were saying, so many families in our state are affected and impacted They know somebody in the family. They know a friend's family that has somebody in it who just happens to be severely mentally ill. And by the way, you can be severely mentally ill and highly intelligent. Oh, absolutely. And and that is a dangerous combination of somebody who's highly intelligent but who will do anything at any time. And these folks are out there and our families out here in this state who are dealing with it have nowhere to turn. The only places you could turn is if perhaps – you're lucky you can get a 72-hour hold. After 72 hours, they're out again. And you have the big pharmaceutical companies just dosing these people with medication. This is a major issue. I want to look into it. I think, I really think, and I want to look into it more, that we have to have certain institutions. There should be a better name for it. I don't know what it is. But for the seriously mentally ill, we have to have a place to put these people again. Right now, the closest thing we have is, unfortunately, our prisons, our prisons somehow become mental institutions. That's right. And, and the folks who run the prisons, they're not trained to deal with these people, nor should they be. They're not social workers. They're not mental health care workers. They're law enforcement. We need to do something about it. And that mental illness problem is bleeding into the homeless problem, homelessness problem. It's a huge issue, as you say. All over the streets, uh, we see these encampments. Uh, something has to be done for those people, quite frankly, so that they're not they're not living out there in the elements. How? Yeah, that's right. How honorable of a society, how, how decent, uh, quote, of a society are you when you think that allowing somebody to go through a dumpster to find their dinner or allowing somebody to sleep in the cold? Oh, oh, that's oh, that that's very. Uh, oh, gosh, what's the right word? Uh, I, I appreciate their their right. No problem. But how many business owners have to step over people or human waste is next to their back door just to run a business? You understand that people leave the state of California because their business is inundated, especially in the, in the urban areas, but it's happening in the suburban areas. Well, I'll tell you, you know, and then uh, people might ask, well, how can you pay for these places to to put these folks who are seriously mentally ill. I'm not talking about people with minor mental illnesses. I'm talking about the ones like the maniac in Florida who opened fire, the one in New, uh, uh, in Las Vegas that opened fire. There are ways, I believe, that our broke state can get these paid for. One of the first things I want to do is I want to look at Big Pharma, the multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical industry who has sold us a bill of goods for years saying, we can just let these people live among us, just let them take uh, all these drugs that we're going to sell you. Uh, Let's look at them and see how we get them to pay for these institutions. I think you're going to be able to find a a lot of folks that that don't trust the tax-gathering dollars of the state. Every time we give money for the lotto, uh, we start a lotto, lottery in the state of California to help our children. It, it's Listen, it's for the children. It's for old people. Yeah. It's for policemen, nurses, firefighters. And then you feel like a, a heel for trying to say, well, gosh, then I, why should I oppose it? It's for, it's for children. It's for orphans. And the truth is when they put together these rules, when they put together these laws, they fund the, the schools with the lotto money, and then they take out the difference. They say, oh, we just got a million dollars from the lotto. We're going to take out a million of normal funding. And then they use it for their pet projects. They did the same thing with your gasoline tax. 
we need to repeal this gas tax because yep. what are you going to give? It's like taking a drunk. Ah, this alcoholic really, vodka's not his thing. It has to be whiskey. Let's give him whiskey and vodka. And let's talk about one of the many reasons why it has to be repealed. First of all, our people should not have to pay that tax. Uh, but second of all, our state government, this happens constantly. You get in the money from the taxes, the state government. They claim they're going to allocate it to fixing roads. Every single time they say they're going to be saving money and bringing in taxes, it gets thrown into the state's general fund and it disappears in there, into this this massive spending money in the wrong place. So th this tax scheme has to be looked at. By the way, as attorney general, I want to – we have, like I said earlier, over a 1,000 lawyers – on the state tax roll in the attorney general's office. I want some of them to start looking at uh, the constitutionality of some of these tax, uh, these tax uh, statutes and rules that have been foisted upon us. I want to look at the constitutionality of some of these overregulations that are tying the hands of our job creators. These are, these are things that have to be looked at. I think you're going to have the, the liberal, the progressive movement of the state of California will consistently do their it's the way that they handle things, which is let's just sue the attorney general. So you're going to have a whole line of lawsuits, we think, yeah. is what's going to go through the road. So how do you, as an uh, attorney general, expect to deal with the homeless issue from the word go? If I have a business in the state of California and I'm considering should I move or not, taxes are one of those things. But it's the lifestyle. It's the quality of life. And yeah. if I have homeless people all over the place... What does day one look like for you? Day one, well, this is a massive change we're talking about to what's going on in Sacramento. There's been over 20 years of creating this mess that we are now dealing with that we're going to have to unwind. But from the day I get in office, I start forming these advisory councils. I start forming my law enforcement advisory council. I want to have law enforcement sitting at the table with me as the attorney general. I want chiefs. I want sheriffs. I want rank and file whether retired or, or sitting now, to advise me on law enforcement issues. I want to have the same, another advisory council on mental illness and homelessness. I want to scour the nation and, if need be, the world to see what they have been doing to address the mental illness and homelessness problems uh, so that we can then start taking what we learn and start putting them, taking winning, uh, solid, and, and, and good uh, strategies to see what we can do here. And then it's a matter of... Uh, uh, you know, getting that uh, advi legislative advisory council going, uh, working with the legislator, legislature and starting to change things. This can be done if you have an attorney general in there who actually cares about all these issues, who really does care about our great citizens, who really does care about public safety. That's why I'm asking all your great listeners uh, to vote for me. And i got to tell you, Arf, it's really an honor for me to be here. I listen to your state, all of the great uh, commentators, including you on this. So to be here on a Sunday uh, morning, well, it's almost afternoon now, speaking to all these uh, fabulous listeners uh, here from the, uh, the beautiful Santa Clarita Valley, it's, uh, it's quite an honor for me. Well, our goal is to continue to provide uh ideas and ways for you to fight back financially, guys, because, look, the, the bottom line is if you don't vote, if you don't speak up, if you don't volunteer for campaigns, if you don't give your money, I, I wish it wasn't that way. I wish it was logic leading the way. I always say when, when folks say things to me about why are there scams and frauds and all. Uh, you've heard me talk about the Woodbridge scam and fraud. Uh, I'm going to touch on that here for just a second. And, uh, Eric, we had uh, multiple calls this last week because a, a week ago I talked about Woodbridge financial uh, going into bankruptcy being declared a Ponzi scheme by the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission, uh, last December. Who knows what's going to happen, uh, but I can tell you this. Uh, for 15 years, uh, the reports are they've been running a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. We had folks give us a call, and, and one of my things as a law enforcement guy and is uh, I've been an expert witness on many occasions on things that may or may not be suitable, issues that may or may not be um, a crime, if you will, just from my opinion and my experience. We knew that something was wrong with this way back when. Not enough, I don't know, to call it a Ponzi scheme, but the math didn't work for me. And for me, it's about math and logic. When I look at a financial issue and I say, there's something wrong here when you talk about the math and logic world, I think if you transfer that to the state of California and you say, how much money's coming in, yep. how much money's going out? If we can see a scam being uh, like a Woodbridge, if you will, being a Ponzi scheme, 
how much closer is the state of California to getting down the road where we're just borrowing from Peter to pay Paul? We have to bring back common sense to government. We have to follow our instincts and our intuition. Uh, the great people of the state of California see how it's gone completely off the deep end. We have to follow common sense. We can change this around. This race can be won. I'm getting incredible endorsements from our re- Republican legislators up there. Their hands have been tied for years. I want, they want to do great things for our state. I want to get up there. I want to help them. I'm, I'm, uh, I've got a terrific fundraising team behind me, and I can use all the support from your listeners. Uh, www.ericearly.com. One thing you learn when you're in politics is... It's really a numbers game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, $10, $20, $30, any donation would be tremendously helpful for the campaign. I've got a terrific team of political sort of uh, professionals behind me helping guide me through this uh, this political minefield we're doing. We have a massive fight on our hands because the Democratic machine is going to throw the entire kitchen sink at us. But you know what? We can win this race. Becerra is very vulnerable. He is. Uh, Dave Jones, who I sometimes refer to as his evil little twin, he's the he's the president insurance commissioner. He's the guy who thinks we should have single-payer health care at $400 billion a year. They have to be stopped. Thanks for joining us, folks. That's Eric Early, ericearly.com. You can go to our website, Total Financial Solutions. Uh, I don't know, we're here every week. I want you to stay tuned. Next hour of the program, we've got another special hour for you. Stay with us on the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for joining us. Eric Early, Attorney General Candidate for the Republican Party. Stay with us on AM870, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.